United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. The dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Ross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Ross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects I don't need to tell you when I'm ready yeah. the AI does it for me. She does. Um, hey, what's up? My name is Noelle, and I am so sorry for the way I sound. I am a giant walking booger. I am working on my fourth sinus infection. I am fucking miserable, and I'm just going to exacerbate the pain by going up into the mountains this weekend. Um, and I'm Chelsea. I am your fifth rereading of Dune and still not knowing what the fuck is going on. Oh, can we talk about that for a second? Can we so, please, please? Please. Can we? Can absolutely. We please? Absolutely. So this is Here, not this is not the episode, but let's let's iron this out because here's my thing. Please. Uh when I jumping into Dune, a lot of the names were just weird. Uh like the Gal Gobber or whatever, uh, the Esseret, I don't know. And then I was like, okay, so I feel like once I get into the book a little bit, I'll start remembering these names because have you read like a clockwork orange? Like when you haven't read it. Yeah. Well, it's like kind of similar to that. Like when you first jump into it, their vocabulary is so different and you're like, I got to, I either got to fucking figure it out or just not read the book anymore. But A Clockwork Orange puts, like, a dictionary at the end of the book. So you could be like, what does starry mean? And you're like, oh, starry to them means old. And then you yeah. slowly teach yourself the vocabulary. Yeah. The problem well, I mean, with like, Dune. Yeah. Well, the, I know what you're going to say. And I will say, I have read Dune twice, and I'm now reading the graphic novel version with you. And I've seen the um, David Lynch Dune movie, which I don't necessarily love. And, like... I understand that it's kind of like a parable, right? About like ecology and like spice for oil, water for oil, like water as an analogy, like for itself, um, like trap being like dependent on like that source of energy or Mm -hmm. transportation or fuel, whatever. And um, like, I get that. But what I think you're going to say and what I agree to and what like it's literally taken me so many reads of this fucking book to understand is like it doesn't it doesn't wait for you to like catch up. It doesn't help you. It doesn't give you any sort of key or like thesaurus like nothing. You're left in the motherfucking dark on all of it like. There was a TikTok that I replied to you with that was like a guy and he holds up the book, like he holds up Dune and he's like, I'm a hundred pages in and I hate to say it, I don't know what the fuck I'm reading. And like, that's really, that's really how it is. Like I have a tweet drafted in my fucking Twitter for the last like six months that says, have I read Dune or has Dune read me? Because like, I'd like to think I'm an active reader uh, and Dune is the type of book where I'll reread the same page three times because I did not absorb a single fucking word. Well, and here's like the, the truth here with peace and love, like Mm -hmm. Dune is. 
I don't even know how to phrase it because they're the vocabulary. It, like, I don't want to say it doesn't wait for you, but it's also just complicated for the sake of being different at some points. Like yeah, it's pompous. It's yeah, pompous. Yep. That's a it's, great way to describe it. It is pompous. Like in because low key with peace and love, it's telling a story as old as time, right? It's telling the story of like, you know, the collapse of society in both an ecological, economical, and like bureaucracy, yeah. like governmental type of thing. Like it's telling the story of like the fear of capitalism essentially you know what i mean like it's like government is going to destroy like bureaucracy is going to destroy good government and because of that we are going to watch the destruction of humanity from the inside out i don't want to ruin i don't want to ruin anything for you but when i was watching david lynch's dune because i was like what the fuck is happening the movie will help me figure it out it did a plot twist Mm -hmm. i realized that every second syllable in the dune or every second vowel, I guess, in a word in dune is emphasized. And once I heard that, I was it ruined the whole movie for me. Like gom jaba or yeah. it's like every second fucking vowel is like what they put the affectation onto. And I look up any fucking word in dune and it's <clears throat> the it's the same. Like yeah. It like cut a ri- like I don't know, uh Caloriorus Storm, Cogidor, Shamurki, Shamas, like uh Bashar, like Ben Bene. Also, isn't it upsetting that like Paul Oliver <laughs> asked me about that? And let me tell you, I was reading the Wikipedia last night of all the other Dune books in yeah. the whole franchise. Well, also, that's the other thing with peace and love everyone will say you cannot fully understand Dune without the context of the five other books. And it's like, well, then why are we starting on it? Why is Dune a prologue then? Like what? Um, That whole family, they all kind of turn out like not, it's not going to be, this isn't going to spoil anything. Like you have to get into like the later books, according to Wikipedia. Uh, They kind of turn into bastards like millennia down the road. Like Mm -hmm. not a good legacy. I mean, you know, but you either die a hero or live long enough to see the house of Atreides fall. Right. And I will say not the worst, like quote unquote hyped up book I've ever read. Worst book that, Ooh, actually it's a tie picture. Dorian Gray, fucking insufferable nonsense. (laughs) And Ethan Frome. Both of those are like literary masterpieces fucking hot garbage it's like somebody polished a turd and i didn't want to yeah. buy it i agree i think i think dune is one of those <clears throat> books that it was so genre defying for sci-fi that it became kind of like the holy grail mm-hmm. also because when you eventually do catch on to it it it's you know our favorite story if you love sci-fi and like post-apocalyptic kind of storylines mm-hmm. that also f- tie in the hero's journey w- with like kind of like water world-esque you know what i mean yeah. it's just it's water world but with sandworms um <clears throat> and like one of my favorite plot points of dune is like the heretics 
are the ones who save the people because they love genuinely and just by being decent humans more than mm-hmm. like the dogma of bureaucracy and right. you know essentially what would be religion and i i always love a story like that but i will say it i've read dune multiple times and there's still so much of it that makes no fucking sense to me but um i don't know also i <sighs> It's, you know, it's... Yeah, yeah, like, we both go to, like, say something, right? I I do have a recommendation. If you want to read, and it's actually my favorite, um, I'm going to say, like, one of my favorite books ever. It's written by Harry Harrison, easy to remember, and it's called A Stainless Steel Rat is Born. I would say that everything that we love (laughs) about dystopian futures and, like, government criticism is encompassed in that book. I dare say my favorite book of all time, uh, including any graphic novel I've read. I fucking love it. The only downside I would say is it is written in the first person narrative um, for the main character, but I think it is necessary based on how that book is that he, and just really quick preface, it like takes place in the future where everything's supposed to be like super utopian and there's no crime and things like that. And if you do commit a crime, they like re-educate you by essentially giving you a controlled lobotomy that will force you to be more complacent. Mm. Um, And he's like, I don't want to do that. So he gets himself arrested and thrown in prison so he can learn from better criminals, like what to do. And then he's like, oh, fuck the best criminals don't get caught. And then, so he tries to trick this like master criminal into finding him by doing really shitty copycat crimes. And it's like this entire premise that like you have a stainless steel society that it's not going to cater to the organic anymore. So if you want to take advantage of it, you have to become stainless steel yourself. So if you want to be a stainless steel piece of shit, you might as well be a stainless steel rat, take him out from the inside. Wow, that sounds fun. I, it is so good. Uh, Harry Harrison, there's an entire series on it too. Uh, There's so many books in it. And like each book is a different criticism of different government types. So uh, it's fucking fascinating. And I think they're really cheap. I don't think that they're like crazy collector editions. Well, that's always good in comparison to everything I've been trying to read lately. Oh my God. I had to spend like $20 on a single issue comic book in the shittiest condition ever because I needed to read it for Comic-Con and I like refused to buy the digital copies from Comixology. I understand your pain because I, you know, spent $40 on another copy of none other than Dune. Um, (laughs) Anyway, anyway. That kind of your first your your first comment there led us into what today's episode is going to be, and you're surprising me with this. I yeah, actually yeah. don't know. You don't know, and um, I would do air horn noises like <laughs> pew pew pew, but also I can't breathe out of my nose. Um, so I love that. But it dawned on me today because for whatever reason, a bunch of people have been messaging me about you lately which is you know that's unfortunate weird. for my ego well I don't I, even know why I know and I neither do I bitch <laughs> uh, but then I was like you know what that's a fair point um there in the past we've done episodes 
like a Q&A with co-hosts and we've never done one with you. The people oh my don't God. truly know who Chelsea Bloomfield is. So this is the chelsea episode, The Chelsea-sode? Ma'am, I am actually gooped. I had yeah. no fucking idea this is what we were talking about today. Yeah, we're talking about you. Um, oh, so I'm already that's why I said just be hydrated. Come ready. We'll start off with some softball questions. Um, what is your name, birthday, and most embarrassing memory? Uh, name is Chelsea. Chelsea. Birthday's August 25th. Chelsea Rose. Chelsea Rose. My birthday is August 23rd, 1988. And you know what? It's hard for me to think of embarrassing moments because I made a promise to myself in my youth that I wouldn't be embarrassed. So I might have to actually think about it. Uh, What's like, do you ever have those thoughts that pop up when you're like trying to go to bed and you're, you just think about the one time when you're in like fifth grade, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And you're Mm -hmm. like, that's it. Like that'll, that'll kill me. All right. I got one. Um, So I was hanging out with a boy. And he was like really into airsoft. Oh, Jesus Christ. I thought I had forgot about this. He was really into airsoft (laughs) and I had never fired an airsoft gun before, but I knew that they just shot out air. So I was holding the airsoft gun while he was talking to all of his friends. And, uh, I pulled the trigger bad on my part, but it blew a blast of air in my face and it shocked me so hard that went, (laughs) and all this snot shot out of my nose and I didn't know what to do because I was still holding the gun and I was like ah and I just like wiped it on my arm <laughs> so you shot yourself in the face with an airsoft gun and then with air came out yeah with air like there was no bullets in the gun but I like blasted myself and then I exploded nasally which I feel like you could really relate to considering you have like another sinus infection yeah that's literally me right now um, okay. Oh, actually, or the time where we were doing the Game of Thrones cosplay and I really had to go pee and you're like, I'll be a good <laughs> friend and make sure nobody sees you. So I pull my dress all the way up over my head and I'm squatting <laughs> in front of God in the internet. And you just let an entire fucking family walk up on my butthole. They you were, were looking in the complete opposite direction. They came from a different direction. And I didn't I was even like, oh, oh, sorry. In my defense, they came from what essentially was the mountains. So how the fuck was I supposed to know? Also embarrassing though. <laughs> and that. I couldn't do anything. Like I was midstream. Yeah, and I tried to like up. twerk the liquid off. <laughs> that wasn't good. Oh shit. Um, what makes you happy? Uh comic books make me happy and Star Wars. Uh primarily Comic-Con. I feel like I'm most happy at Comic-Con, which is really great because that's coming up soon. Which is also so weird because it's like the most stressful time in the in, in the world. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I think it's like what I want to do. Like that's my self-actualization and that's the only time I ever get to do it. I'm not successful in any other aspect of my life other than Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair read. Mm-hmm. That is a fair fucking read. Um, when I have a burp, I think. No, it's fine. I'm going to suck it down. I've been really gassy because I've been taking <sighs> fiber pills because of my gastrointestinal issues and all it's done is just make me give birth to farts. <laughs> Um, Could I also say before we get back to talking about you, um, I was in Winco today and I was picking up medicine like Dayquil essentially. Mm -hmm. And I looked up and it was like a section for like fiber and like, you know, what is that called? What are the poop medicines called? 
laxatives. Uh, yeah, laxatives. laxatives. I was like Metamucil. <laughs> yeah. And then they had like the generic one and it was called colon cleanse. And I was like, oh, is that what we're calling laxatives now? Colon cleanse. But then for some yeah. reason I said it out loud and I desperately wanted it. And I was like, like I would like to colon take- cleanse. Yeah. I want to take two days off of work and have a colon cleanse, like a spa day at home. But it's just me sweating over my toilet. That happened when I like Oliver bought laxatives and it was like in a jar and they're like drink a quarter of the bottle. So I drank a quarter of it. I waited all day and nothing happened. So then I just polished the whole thing off mm. and it took two days, but. And then you had a colon cleanse. Yeah. Um, okay. <clears throat> What's one movie you think everyone should watch and why? Uh, in my opinion, oh, this is going to be really telling. I have two. Please. And they're both like completely different. One is fanboys and it's about a whole bunch of guys who their friend is dying of cancer and it's right before Phantom Menace comes out. So they go to Skywalker Ranch to steal a copy of the movie so he can watch it before he dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's like got an all star cast too. like who's uh, in it. I don't think I've seen it. Uh, Kirsten. What's her face? Veronica Dance? Mars is in it. Oh, uh, what? fan bo- Veronica Mars. Who the fuck was Veronica Mars? Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell. Oh, uh, Kristen Bell, the guy who ended up being the dude in Fantastic Beasts, somewhere to find him, like the chonky guy. Um, oh my god, I'm gonna send you a picture of everyone, and you're gonna be like, you're so fucking stupid. Like the tall nerd dude who's in every movie. God damn it. I just know that I'm doing a terrible job right now. And then my other one um, that I think people should watch is, oh my God, it's like a Jenny McCartney movie. And I think it's called, oh. it's called like Bad Love. We can't support Jenny. Oh, McCartney. Dirty Love. I know it was before she was against it or like into um, like hating vaccinations. Yeah. But it is such a funny fucking movie because it's just like essentially this woman uh who's like super pretty maybe you'll resonate with this noel and she picks terrible people to date (laughs) not critiquing your current relationship i think he's quite nice um but she picks terrible people to date and she's like all i want is a white stallion and this lady's like why don't you look for a white pony bitch and like her boob falls out at one point and then wait he's a guy what does that mean a white stallion like she's like i want well it's like she's like i want a black stallion to take me off into the night and then somebody's like why don't you try white ponies and it's like not race theory it's just like the concept of like you're not always gonna have a stallion but it's super fucking funny which is weird but i would say fanboys everybody should watch that i sent you a picture of the cover and you're gonna look at all the people on there and be like oh yeah um or grind i I only grind as oh i only i have a lot okay Okay, so grind because it is just, it is aged like milk in the best way. Um, grind makes you feel something, I you know? I think, uh, you know what? I would also say to you, unrelated to the Chelsea episode, um, watching grind like was like edging I of the feelings you're talking about, like that nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Watching Jennifer's fucking body sent me 
on a ride. Like not only the way they dress is so fucking like early 2000s mm-hmm. and the music is so early 2000s. Their vernacular and vocabulary is so early 2000s problematic. And then even like the set design, like when you're in Jennifer's room and it's like a fucking collage of clearly like magazine cutouts of fallout boy i'm just like this is so like grind gets you there and then jennifer's body just sends you into full like you're busting out a side i i want to rewatch jennifer's body is like a non pick me girl you know like when i was in my youth and everyone was like oh like she's it's like slutty this is a stupid movie and then you watch it and you're like i'm not like her and then now i want to watch it again where i'm like we're all like her we are all her rewatching Jennifer's body. So again, sorry, unrelated to the Chelsea episode, but um, our dear friend Kari has not seen it, had not seen it. And so I watched it with her and it was just like, not only was she like, this is incredible, but it gave me such an appreciation for it. Like what a fucking masterpiece that movie was. Dude, we may have mistreated Megan Fox. I know. And Machine Gun Gun Kelly brought her back as a gift to us all. We better not fuck it up this time. I know. For real, though. Like, for fucking real. Um, Okay. You're in the WWE. What's the song you come out to? Andrew WK, Get Ready to Die. Easy. I've thought of this for a while, actually. Wow. Really? Andrew WK, hands fucking down. The bing, 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 bing. I had no idea you were like an Andrew WK fan. Dude, Andrew WK was like my uh, high school thing. Uh, Fucking love Andrew WK. Uh, I was so jealous when you actually went to his show and he used to do the old intro. He did. (laughs) For Freaky Geeks. And I was like, Andrew WK. Um, No, I've thought about it quite heavily. And then I don't know. I think I would be a good heel. Because I think I can invoke enough. I think the hatred would fuel me, honestly. Um, yeah, the hate. But I feel like you would be one of those heels that you try to be so evil that you've come full circle back around and people cheer you on. I would want to be like an AJ Styles, where he's like, yeah. "Shut up, you idiots!" and the crowd's yeah. just cheering him. Also, and, hold on. and then he uses a sharpie to write on the. Oh, are you playing it? This is what you're coming out to. That is actually an incredible uh, song to come out to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, No, dude, I've thought about it for so long and I'm unwavering. You put a gun to my head, my answer will always be the same. And your fucking WK will be my walkout song. goes off. Also, I'm so sorry. I had no idea you were such a a fan of him um, because I did get to go see his show and we were like, personally invited and it was a whole thing you yeah have taken my spot for that um well I was in I've been in such a position where you're allowed to have good things and I don't have to shit on it so well, I think that was my attitude I'm like oh that's really cool and amazing I was secretly very jealous but also happy that you got hooks yeah you should have you should have taken it over me um okay so you are into comics and graphic novels and I'm assuming since a young age, since one of your first jobs was being like working at a comic book shop, mm-hmm. um, what got you into that hobby and what's the most cringe experience you've ever had in the <sighs> field of comic book nerddom? Okay. So the first comic 
that I read that had me caught up hook, line, and sinker was Witchblade. And the first Witchblade um, comic book was Sarah Pizzini. She dresses up in the teeniest, tiniest little red dress, like full on hooker shoes. Let me see if I can find it. Um, And she goes undercover because Sarah is a cop to just go fuck up a whole bunch of dudes. And I remember thinking at the time, um, this was still like before I was hashtag woke. And I remember looking at it and it, it triggered a response that I didn't expect at the time because I I was like, Oh, a teeny tiny little red dress and high heels. I would never wear that. But then I saw her and I was like, that's fucking peak feminine power. And I think that was my first introduction to being like, if you're kicking ass in high heels and a dress, like you are personifying like what it is to be a badass, not even just like a badass woman, but just like a badass period. And, Mm. uh, this is like the cover of it, but look at that. Look at that You're, little, look at that little coat. Oh yeah. That's like a lingerie slip dress. Yeah. And also she, how fucking like nineties is that? Oh cover? yeah. And she was just like the art for it is so gratuitous. Like she's titties out. It, wow. Um, incredible. And, Reminds me of Bayonetta. Yeah. And it's at the time I remember th- like, Because the thing with comic books, and I'm sure other people can relate, is that you don't always know, like, what to specifically get into. Mm -hmm. So to pick up an issue randomly and start reading it where it's actually a compelling storyline, you got that with Witchblade. And the story still holds up, in my opinion. And I actually did, like, an article about it at Bleeding Cool. And I'm like, what is fucking, like, inspiration other than, like, fighting in a red dress and, like, heels up to your fucking neck? Um, so which blade got me into it, which led me into the darkness. Well, like, how did you even find comics? Like what got you there in the first place? So I was obsessed with star Wars, like from a very young age and end zone before it was the huge store in Clearfield used to be this teeny tiny little hole in the wall in Leighton. And I could ride my bike there. Um, so I used to go there when I was quite young. I want to say like maybe third grade, uh, it's like seven or eight. And my mom would just, this was back when like my mom was like, get out. And I would go mm-hmm. and she would give me money to go buy Star Wars cards. And then I would like get comics and then like people would just give me old comics, but they're always like Scrooge McDuck type things. Mm-hmm. So um, I would read storylines of Green Lantern online. Um, and I followed Green Lantern all the way through high school. And then when I found Witchblade is when I really fucking dove in um, yeah. to things that were like beyond the traditional <clears throat> heroes, like beyond Batman and yeah. Superman and like all the stuff that we were like X-Men, like we all partook of the cartoons. Like I was always into those, but like Witchblade was my first actual like strict comic book series. And then that got you into what? after uh, that? The darkness, Jackie Estacado, and they actually made a comment or a video game out of it, but the I would recommend the Jackie Estacado slash Darkness run by Garth Ennis to everybody, and let me tell you why. Uh, he Garth Ennis shit. is a fucking genius. And this is when Garth Ennis is like doing good shit, and he's not just trying to like write something like Crossed, which is just gratuitously gross for the sake of like shocking people. We still have that, by the way. To review, yeah, I know we need to. We need to. Um, 
But he like Jackie Estacado is kind of like the ultimate anti-hero. And I think he's probably one of the best anti-heroes that we've seen done um, in the sense that he has to go stop something and he'll just beat the shit out of a nun. Like you got to move, like let go or be dragged. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we know we shouldn't beat up nuns, but also like she's fucking in the way, man. And there's like a, not even like a really a greater good, but he's trying to just fuck her up. So somebody worse doesn't come along and mm-hmm. steal the, like the Magdalena weaponry. There's like a whole universe for it. Um, but the Garth Ennis run, he actually reaches up through a toilet because he can control darkness and he pulls a guy's spine out through his butt. That's incredible. It's super good. Um, I recommend I'm, it. I'm honestly surprised that they haven't tried to do the darkness as a series. I mean, we're getting Sandman, so, you know. It it, I think it would be really easy, especially because, like, the darkness, how he controls it, it, like, comes out into demons, are like, little, like, goblin-type looking things. So it's not just, like, shadow play. But, and then some of them will have, like, different personalities and stuff, and they'll, like, chitter at him. It's really fucking good. Um any like Michael Turner, Top Cow, Witchblade, and then any Garth Ennis. I love that. Uh, darkness is. Um, and what is the most cringe experience you've had? Okay. I was working at Heebie Jeebies in Leon, and uh, a guy used, he would always come in with his Nintendo DS. And he would be like, can I swatch it, like switch out parts for this? And we we're like, no. And he would be like, why? I'm going to call Nintendo and report you. And we're like, do it, my dude. Like, you can't come in with your broken shit and like pick and choose yeah. stuff that we're selling. Well, one night he came in and I'm on the phone and I'm talking to uh, one of the hold customers going over what he has. And this guy walks in and he's just <clears> looking <throat> at me like, you know, the Sam Jackson gif? Yeah, like black snake moan. He's looking at me and he takes his hand and he puts it down his pants and I'm on the phone. Right. And I'm like, hold on a second. And I hear the guy like the whole customer on the phone and I'm looking at this guy and he just has his hands down his pants. He's not moving at all. Um, He shifts his shoulder a little bit, like really getting in there. And then he pulls his hand out and just smears it across (gasps) the video games. And I'm like, looking at him and I don't have a response quite yet. And he goes down into his pants again. And then he pulls his hand out and smears it again. And I'm on the phone and I'm like, dude, keep your hand out of your pants. And I hear the guy on the phone is like, what? And he was like a regular, super cool guy. And he just worked on base. And he's like, do I need to come down there? I'll come down there. And the whole time I'm like, you gotta get out of here, dude. You can't like, I didn't even know what I was saying at the point. I'm like, you can't smear your dick juice onto the video games and i call the owner rachel still really cool and i'm like i guess what happened and so i had to like windex because we didn't have like disinfectant at the time so i was just drenching like windex and like lysol air (laughs) on all these video games and the whole time i'm like looking out the window like yeah and i don't think he came back and then another time a kid would come in he'd always poop his pants what would fall out of his pants Wait, wait, yeah, wait, yeah. On purpose. That was like it's cringe though, because I almost felt bad about it. Because he would come in, and he was like the sweet kid, and he'd be like, mm. Mm. and I for half a second I thought he had Tourette's, but he was pinching out turds in the store, and then they would roll down his pants, <laughs> and then we would be like, what the fuck is that? And then we started putting two and two together, and we had to call his mom and be like, he can't come Pinchy. in anymore. He's pooing. <laughs> It wasn't like cringe though. You know what I mean? I was just like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, 
Dude, I and hope he's okay. <laughs> yeah. And they would like roll down his pant leg. I feel like he was doing it on purpose. I don't know. So I feel like he was maybe like junior high age. And when I started working at Evan Root, Evan Root was actually the first comic store I worked at. When I was working there, I was like 17. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, I'm not going to clean the poo. And everybody refused <laughs> to clean the poo. So the owner's wife came in and cleaned it up. And she was just like, oh, sweetheart. Like the whole time, like everybody was just like more upset. That he was like living his life where he would just shit his pants in public and let it roll down his pant leg. Like, I don't remember being grossed out, but I definitely remember it being like, <laughs> fuck, dude, I'm not cleaning this up. No one gets um, paid enough to do that. So wait, what happened when you called his mom? He stopped coming in. We were like, hey, man, like, we don't want to ban him. Like, we were so fucking nice about it. That's a weird thing. We were like, we don't want to ban him, but we've done an investigation <laughs> and have watched our cameras and we can see the poo coming out of his pants and we don't want to embarrass him. Like we we're not going to say anything, but like, if he comes in, we would just request that you're with him. And he wasn't even banned. And then she just was like, all right, well, if he can't shit there, I guess he can't come anymore. We never saw him again. <laughs> I just need to know like what was going on there. Like she wasn't and- what, like, what do you mean? It doesn't. Cause he, he sounds like he was mentally and physically all there. A hundred percent. Like the types of people that come into comic book stores, like you can pick one from every, every stereotype. Mm-hmm. If I had a stereotype, this kid, it would be a good family, upper middle class, fucking well-adjusted, smart, articulate going places. And then he oh shit his pants. He was, was like just, a power move or something. You I know? think, yeah, I think he was trying to flex on you guys. Well, wow. Certainly clenched on us. <laughs> just, you know what I mean? And that was oh weird. Oh my God. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, as well. If you could teach a class um, on one topic, what would it be? I would teach a a class about what the fuck is up with Antarctica. Um, And it would be a whole semester. Uh, I don't know if I've ever talked. Maybe I've talked about this on the podcast, but I used to be a teacher. Uh, But if I could like fucking just talk about conspiracy shit, it would be. So an entire class. Okay. Well, an entire, we'll go with an entire class about conspiracy theory. You know, but it would be like a focus on Antarctica, but like the lead in would be flat earth. And I'd be like, this is a flat earth class. And people would be like, she's nuts. And then I'd be like, you fucking thought. And then they would leave mm-hmm. that class and be like, what's up with Antarctica? It's kind of, you know, mm-hmm. I'd get their asses for sure. Two cents on teaching. Why you don't do it anymore? Uh, they don't pay you anything. And we're in the middle of a pandemic and you have to cover your own cleaning costs for your classroom. That's true. It ended up being the equivalent of, I would say, $10 an hour. I bet. I bet it's even less than that, honestly. Yeah, so Um, not good. What is something people don't know about you? Uh, Fuck. I don't know. I feel like I'm, like, such an open book that these are hard. Uh, The not sense of smell thing forever has been fun. Um, or I guess, how, is there something you think that people perceive you as that you don't think is accurate? I don't, I don't know. You fucking tell me. I think I come off very unfriendly because I just don't interact uh, enthusiastically with um, people. Maybe I could agree with that. I'm trying to think back to when we first met. When, when we first met, you came off as arrogant to me. Yeah, I could see that. I don't think I make good first impressions with people at all. I don't, I, with peace and love, I don't think you do. I think it's just because like, 
And it's funny because my first impression of you was definitely arrogance. But then like the more I got to know you, you were just like a goober. So it was like really funny to me, like to be like at first, essentially you came off to me as like what I would call like a female jock. And then you were not that at all. Then you were just like this almost horrific nerd. Mm -hmm. I could accept that. Yeah. I maybe, yeah, I don't really make good first impressions with people and God, what is something? I feel like people know everything about me. Uh, I set a record at space camp for rewiring a hardboard thing because I stayed up the night before and I studied and I memorized the like layout of the circuit board. Uh, Like I said, horrific nerd. I mean, one thing that we all learned on Patreon was that you were in the news for getting your dog baptized. Yeah. uh, I feel like people also know that though, like the whole religious upbringing thing. I wouldn't guess that. Um, I wouldn't guess that in a million years. But I came from like a church that... I was actually like pretty lucky. I think that I came from a church that wasn't from what I perceived, not a bigoted shithole because Mm -hmm. like you could be openly gay and no one would say anything. You could wear like, I would wear like booty shorts to church because I'd go play roller derby on Sunday mornings and then go to church. And they thought that that was more authentic than dressing up. They're like, Oh, don't put on a dress. That's weird. Wear, wear whatever you want to wear. So I feel like I got really lucky and they used to do fun shit. Like, baptize your dogs. And they serve green beer on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> so We love to see it. We love to see it. I mean, I guess that's that's one, maybe. I, I People who listen to the podcast can probably pick up on it, but Chelsea is actually deeply religious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, have accepted religion into my life, but also other people's religious choices don't bother me. So They shouldn't. Um, what is an unrational fear you have? Oh my God. I can't ride in airplanes, like period point blank. Um, to the point where like Mia, our really good friend bought me a birthday trip to go to San Diego one year. And I was like, I can't fucking go. Like she had everything paid for, would not go in the airplane. Um, the last time I did that to you, like what did that? Okay. I have no idea because I used to travel every month, twice a month when I was doing like super competitive roller derby and it just got progressively worse. Right. And I did have like a couple of airplane moments that were scary. And the last time that I flew when I could like kind of handle it, I was going to Tucson and the airplane went down to land and then it just came back up, went down to land, came back up. And I don't know why, but like that super affected me. And I was hard staring at these women who were just like having a conversation. And I was like, if they're okay, I'm okay. And I was at a point on the plane where I had a bottle of Tylenol and I was like, just take it and end it. And I, dude, I don't know. I, yeah, I was like, if I eat all this Tylenol, I can end this fresh hell now. And like, I just couldn't fucking do it anymore. And I don't know what really caused it. Um, when I went to San Diego with Oliver, like two years ago, I was so fucking upset that the flight attendants like thought I was being trafficked. That's incredible. Yeah. You, you know what your problem is? Do you need to accept death in your life? Anytime turbulence gets really bad on the plane. And this is like, my therapist hates when I say this, like there was one time when we were flying to New York and we were going over Chicago and we were in the middle of like this horrific lightning storm to the point where we were having to land. Yeah. In Illinois. And, um, it was, 
you know it's bad when the pilot gets on and tells the flight attendants to sit down. Yeah. Um, and we were literally like, everyone was like screaming. It was like up and down, like literally like the whole like, oh, like yeah. everyone went like that. And for whatever reason, for me personally, it was almost like Enya was playing in my head and I just had this peace. I was like, yes, okay, I, it's fine. I accept death. You know, that's actually really panic. telling too, because when we had the earthquake, our responses were very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm going to nerd it up by making the Harry Potter reference, which I did then was you took it like a Slytherin where you mm-hmm. just laid in bed and you're like, yeah, it's time to go. Yeah. I took it like a Gryffindor where I like fucking Spartan kicked my door open and went and got my dog. And then I stood in the doorway and I'm like, I'll strength my way through this. My thing with airplanes. And, uh, I, I recently found this word. I had to re-Google it. It's not claustrophobia. I don't feel closed in spaces or things like that. Uh, and I'm mean, going to know I'm going to fucking ruin this word, but it's like claythrophobia, which is specifically the fear of not being able to get out. So like if I'm in an airplane and shit hits South, I want to just get out, but I can't get out. And I think that's like what fucks me up. It's the same reason. Like I won't sit in the back of a two door car. What if I got to get out? I don't want to wait for you to put the seat up. I get like similar anxiety. I don't okay. like, I don't like not being able to escape. I'm like a wild that's, horse, man. I got to run. That's fair. That's, that's, you know, maybe speak to a but, therapist about it. Well, okay. So I did borrow a fuck ton of uh, mind altering, like prescription drugs, like Xanax, like that. And uh, my thought was if I mix this Xanax with a fuck ton of alcohol, I'll knock myself out. Mm-hmm. Didn't even take the edge off. Wow. I'm like impervious. Oh, that's another fun thing. I'm like impervious to medication. Like when I broke my knee and they took me to the hospital, they were trying to give me like IV pain medicine. And I was like, I feel everything. Impervious. Yeah. Well, I mean, we gave you Xanax recently and you were drinking it with wine and said it was doing nothing for you, which okay. is unfortunate. Same when I've done edibles, man. Except for that one time. Yeah. But, except for that one time where you. But all the other times. Oh, like, God. Yeah. Nothing. Huh. So hit me up CIA. I'm fucking ready ready for the testing. Um, tell us something you love about yourself and something you wish you could change. Oh my God. Uh, man, why you gotta put this shit out? Uh, I love that. I'm a good public speaker. That's a very stupid thing to love about yourself. I don't think so. I think I'm good at like bullshitting my way through a topic. Sure. Um, and then what was the other thing? The thing I don't like, what would, if you could change something? Definitely my jawline. Like I'm not, I don't have an attractive, I'm not attractive featured. Person. I like how it went physical. I was going to say like your fear of planes and your OCD, but you went. <laughs> no, something a lot more uh, shallow. Yeah. Like, okay. I love that. I mean, just look at it though. I mean, I was so thumbhead the other day. You like spit your drink out on your computer. <laughs> well, you were like sinking down into your chair. It was very comical. It was impressive. Um, okay. Well, I love that, that you went almost vain on both of those answers. Um, well, what, because, else, what else? If I, what am I going to love? I don't know. Like, that I don't think like I'm a, a very good friend. I think you're uh, a good friend. Uh, I don't, I don't think, I don't think, I, I think, am. I think you're almost too good of a friend because you'll like be nice to people who don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. So, but, if, but for all of my shortcomings, I am great at public speaking. I don't think you have many shortcomings. 
I think I do. Like what? Uh, I don't like keep in touch very well with people. I think um, that's just being an adult. I think uh, I'm not very good at digesting food. Um, that's because I'm not very regular. Uh, what else am I bad at? Yeah, you don't have many shortcomings. I Honestly, do. everything that you could say is a shortcoming. It's easily rebuked. Like maybe I'm too tall. Maybe that's my shortcoming. There you go. Ah! Boom. Because I think you're. I think you stay in touch almost. Like, I don't want to say too well, but like I talk to you not just because of the podcast. I talk to you the most out of everyone. You have been um, one of my longest friendships since moving to Utah. Um, and I mean, the greatest example is like we have a friend who lives on the other side of the world in a completely different time zone and you talk to her regularly. I guess I'm good at keeping in touch with like two people. No, it's more than that. Mm. Yeah, right. well, that's yeah. sweet of you to say. Stupid. Uh, I'm also physically ill at the thought of compliments. Well, that's because you don't have an ego that's stroking your dick. And even like... I had even, that removed. Good. <clears throat> even like with things that I know that you probably would criticize yourself about, like career-wise... The uh, the realistic Marxist inside of me goes, um, all of those things are unrealistic in the current day and age and climate. I, There's a reason why, like, teachers are working customer service jobs, and it's because it's a fallacy to think that you could survive without being in full poverty and misery doing that job. And as the world continues to spin out of control like it's no longer about happiness it's about making a paycheck to be fair i'm definitely a victim of capitalism i let that rule whether or not i feel successful that's a shortcoming for sure that i will agree that that's a shortcoming you absolutely like you it's so funny because like for how open-minded and creative and like individualistic you are you fall into the tropes of capitalism defining what you think happiness and success and milestone markers for time should be and i think that is the only shortcoming you have and when you finally get over that and conquer that you will have true happiness in your life you're you're so fucking right but i don't know how I don't go to therapy. Uh, you, should. you should go to therapy and, but also therapy doesn't like really that thought process is something like I, I talk to myself about every single day. Um, and it all started when I was younger and I thought to myself, um, my parents aren't perfect. They're people who make mistakes. They weren't prepared. No one is. You're not given a handbook. You're not told what to do and how to do it. Everyone is kind of just fumbling their way through life. And like from that, I started like looking at the world as it functions like economically and society wise, even like our kind of North American ideals and like the whole boomer white picket fence shit and like all of that all of these literally unrealistic, impossible things like 
my dad would tell me I wasn't successful if I didn't go to college. And then I went to college and then I look at it and I go, that was a waste of time and money and has done nothing for me at all. Mm -hmm. And like, that may have been true for them, but it's not true for us. And, and vice versa, you go back a generation, some shit that their parents were saying for them to do unrealistic to them. And it just comes back to that whole, like everything is in flux and you shouldn't be tying your happiness and what you define as success and happiness to things that are directly um, tied to capitalism, like happiness. You know what a problem of North Americans is, is we say, what do you do for work and not what do you do that makes you happy? Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's like our cultural ideal. I mean, mm-hmm our vocabulary is shaped around what's important to us. And we don't have a very big vocabulary on interests. No. We have a huge one about careers, like mm-hmm. upward mobility, five-year plans, but we don't have anything that's like similar to happiness. Yeah. It's not important, like at least linguistically. And until we make those changes, we won't. Yeah. No, a thousand percent. And that's why you feel unfulfilled. And it's not because you are unfulfilled because your life is very fulfilling. It's that you are still trying to outline your life with those Mm -hmm. North American boomer norms that are just capitalism wearing lipstick. Like one more head injury away from being like completely happy. (laughs) You're a therapy appointment away from it. Um, Okay. What is your proudest accomplishment? Mm. I mean, as cheesy as it is, like I'm super proud of the podcast and uh, I'm proud that we have at least one listener who we're not related to. <laughs> um, true. I'm, I'm proud of getting into Fanex on my knowledge and not on like, necessarily who I knew. Um, and I'm proud that I have a good dog, man. Those are all great things to be proud of. And once we're, I mean, we might never be out of a global pandemic, but once we are, we'll do PR packages for other conventions because it'll be easy to get into those. And I want to go to that haunted hotel. You weren't even, Oh, by the way, I fucking send you a gemstone of a link last night at 10 PM. And your response was, why are you on the work Slack at 10 PM? And then obviously my response was like, why are you on work Slack at 10 PM? But you didn't even acknowledge the fact that I sent you a haunted hotel that Wyatt Earp stayed in with his brothers. And it happens to be in New Mexico. And we, well, also because they have the worst with peace and love to them. They have the worst mobile site, the entire world. I was trying to open it on my phone and it wasn't really working. So I was irritated. And then I just asked why you on work slack. That's fair. Uh, I was trying to do the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Um, Okay. What is your go-to karaoke song? Oh my God. Uh, Gangster's Paradise, I would say. Also or, one of mine. Or wait. Uh, uh, oh my God. Now I'm fucking blanking on it. It's like. Um, oh God. Clearly you love it so much. What? Like a pimp and slap the Because the boys in the hood. Boys in the hood? Yeah, that's my other Oh, my God. I love that you had to sing that out. I know. Um, I was like, I could remember the song, but I couldn't remember who sang it. Poison the Hood. What is something you absolutely hate? I can't say on air. What? I don't like onions. um, And I'm going to be real with everybody because everybody probably knows now. Um, My hatred of worms. Oh, yeah. Worms. It is so bad that. 
Oliver and I were watching a show and like a worm came up out of nowhere and I like puked immediately. I can't. Is it like it- any worm, like even an earthworm? It was earthworms, especially is like the top, top, top part of it. So even watching Dune, them referencing worms, I was like having to tr- sip on a fucking carbonated drink. So I wouldn't throw up. I don't know what it is. I think it's a texture problem. I think they are the very composite of what my OCD hates wow. and, their and their movement. I, I would have thought like maybe like maggots were a big one for you. No, but maggots don't bother me in the slightest. It's literally like earthworms. Earthworms. Uh, when we had to uh, cut open animals in junior high, uh, we had fucking everything. And then it was like earthworm day. I threw up in the hall. Wow. A kid threw a worm at me once. One of my oldest friends. Haven't talked to him since. <laughs> I have ended. It's friendship. so weird. And, it's you know, so I wish I wish I knew why. Uh, like one time I was running to the school bus and it rained and I slipped on a worm just a little bit and I stayed home from school sick. <laughs> it's been like a long ongoing problem and I don't think I'll ever get over it. It like yeah. really grosses me out. I it's hope nobody tells illness. Isn't it? I hope nobody tries to like fuck with me because I've kept it hidden for so long. Yeah. But like if I go yes. ice fishing with my dad, I'll put a maggot or a mealworm on my easy. You it's even hint that you have a worm, like an earthworm, like get out of my car. Wasn't there a book called like fried worms or something? Do you remember this? The Goosebumps book refused to read it. There was a Goosebumps book. There was a Goosebumps book, but there was also another one where like, have you ever eaten fried worms or something? And like, it started off as like a dare, but then he like kept doing it and he started to like it and they would cook it in different ways. Was that Goosebumps? I don't know. I remember I know. reading well, it like, for I, my saliva. It's yeah. like starting to go and lubricate my throat. Well, I, re- I remember it being fucked up by that book. I read it when I was in like my reading competition days. Um, I'll have to, I think it's called like Never Eat Fried Worms. Never Eat Fried Worms. I'm pretty sure that's it. Anyway, love that for you. Um, if you could go back in time and tell yourself something, what would it be? Uh, oh, this one would be sad. I would just say like, be nice to my mom or get a STEM degree. That honestly, I think your mom would agree with you on that one. Well, I started out in a STEM degree and then I switched it because I was like, oh, just having a degree will help you. (laughs) No, that's that's my caveat. I'll I'll always say to people, college is useless unless you're going in for a STEM degree. And I'm too smooth brain for that. So, yeah. Um, If money was no object, what would you do all day? Fucking nothing. I would hang out with Puffin all day and be tan. You would literally do nothing. You would just get tan. Dude, I would get a house on stilts next what? to the ocean. Yeah, I want a stilt house. A house on stilts. Like Howl's Moving Castle? No, just like a regular stilt house. Like what they have in Cambodia, you know, because the river is so high. Uh, I'd want a house on stilts. Wouldn't have to be big, but I would want my porch to open up to the water, which would be warm. And I'd go out on my paddleboard with Puffin. I really wouldn't need much. Like, maybe like buy my way into Marvel and DC so I could work as an underpaid like intern perhaps. Okay. But I would definitely do that. I would also buy a Jeep and a skating rink and a half bike. What? Oh, that list just went, you went from I'm yeah. the most easy to please to now I am opening an amusement park. My heaven, like, you know how it's like, people are like, what's your heaven? My heaven is like fucking warm water. <laughs> I agree with that. That's it. Like, that's all I want. That's reasonable. 
Uh, do you have a favorite quote or saying? Um, I really like skin that smoke wagon. See what happens. It's a good um, stone reference. My mantra for roller derby is from Rocky, and it's it's not about how hard you can hit; it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Um, that one has probably been my oldest quote that I've like kept consistently in my head. Um, and then I want to get a tattoo that says rats get fat while brave men die just to like shit on war. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. I like that one. All really great. All of those are great. Thank you. Thank you. Aside from necessities, what's one thing you could not go a day without? Probably alcohol. Uh, (laughs) okay queen are we gonna go like realistic like i have to take brain medicine that keeps my brain from bleeding uh i honestly i i don't think i could go without puffin man well one day that will happen so i hope you start seeking yeah i know i can't even think about it it like crushes my existence well therapy um who is your favorite superhero and why captain america he personifies like what a superhero should be And the reason why I say that he encompasses what a superhero should be is that there's a lot of different superheroes out there that are maybe more popular, like uh, Batman is a lot of people's favorites, and I'm not going to shit on Batman. And Superman's a lot of people's favorites, not going to shit on Superman. Um, Iron Man, bad choice. I will shit on Iron Man. Mm. Um, Movie Iron Man was probably fine. But um, I feel like a superhero should be what like the uber mensch is which is um for the greater moral good not necessarily like the greater societal good i think they should be a moral compass and i think that self-interest should not prevail over what's right Mm -hmm. and a good example of that would just be like um in the movies uh when captain america is like teeny scrawny throws himself over the grenade and he's like get out of here get out of here That I would say is like the perfect Steve Rogers superhero moment. Um, In the comics, it would be when they're trying to tell him that he needs to turn against the other superheroes. So he like fucking surfs a jet out of the shield um, helicarrier thing and just starts Mm -hmm. fucking everybody up. Um, And it's also the point where he realizes that like Manhattan is getting trashed or like the Bronx is getting trashed. And he's like, you know what? I just can't fight anymore. Like I represent these people and I'm ruining their homes. And then he gets straight up fucking murdered. Like he just, you know what I mean? So, um, I don't want to shit on other superheroes. I think that Superman is good is a moral compass, but I don't think he is a good, um, detective or necessarily a good warrior. Like obviously Batman's the detective and Wonder Woman's a warrior, but I think Captain America really just encompasses the whole thing where he is. Uh, I would just say, I think he's the perfect hero. Like, yeah. And uh, I will fight anyone who says otherwise. I don't disagree with you with that. I think I disagree with other people who say that Captain America is their favorite hero for different reasons. Mm-hmm. I think because he wears the red, white, and blue, people immediately yeah. think of him as a patriot. But the you hit it on the head. He's oh my god! Yeah, the moral compass. He is the, the anti-patriot. He is the people person. If anything, he's more socialist than patriotic uh, yeah. American. He's, he's what America should be, and a lot of people think that America should be this like war 
power. Like, I don't know. America, people think America's like what the jock or like the strength, but there's been times where he openly goes against the government and, uh, he even shits on people who like wear the flag and he's like, Oh, you think that you can, he's like, you think that you're doing something out here by like fighting for what's right. And he's like, what about the guy who got his lens blown off in Vietnam? Like, what have you done for the pe- these people lately? You know? Yeah. And his thing is always like, I don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from. Mm-hmm. And just, I don't know. Any captain America quote is just chef's kiss because it's really like, <clears throat> And I think that's probably like shaped my life more than I would say religion, than college, than school has just been like the philosophy of Captain America. And I know that sounds like really cheesy, but I've ingested so much of it that has changed my personality and like my politics align with essentially like whatever Steve Rogers would do. Yeah. There's a Captain America quote and I'm, I don't remember it even in the slightest bit, totally paraphrasing, but it was something about like why he wears the flag for the people and not the country, something like that. And I remember being like, oh, I get it. I understand. Let me see if I can find one. Um, Like, so another example is like in the comics, like when Thanos gets into power is it's a little, it's pretty similar to like kind of what they did with the movie in terms of like desperation and stuff. But Captain America goes up to him knowing he's going to die And that's like the true, I can do this all day moment was Mm -hmm. from that specifically, because he's just not fucking having it. He's like, dude, I'll keep fucking fighting you all day. I don't even care if I'm going to die. And Thanos is like, it's really funny because you are about to die. Um, And it's, it's, that's not what Steve Rogers stands for. Like he's going to sacrifice himself so that his, the people he's fighting with can get a step up. And it's just. I don't know. It's like the real, eh. I do have a quote here. It's pretty long. It's like the no you move quote, which is probably Please. one of those famous ones. <clears throat> um, and it's doesn't matter what the press says. Doesn't matter what the politicians or the mob say. Doesn't matter if the whole country decides something is wrong or something wrong is something that is right. This nation was founded on one principle above all else. The requirement that we stand up for what we believe, no matter the odds or the consequences. When the mob and the press and the whole world tell you to move, your job is to plant yourself like a tree beside the river of truth and tell the whole world, no, you move. And I just plow every time. That is a good one. That is a good one. I get it. I support you with this. Yeah. <clears throat> no, okay. Captain America, perfect hero. How many pillows do you sleep with and does firmness matter? I sleep with three pillows and let's talk about firmness. Two, like flatten like a pancake the second that you lay on them. Yes. The Nick Cage pillow, which is the most important pillow, is a bamboo anti-asthma pillow. And it is more of a hard slab. And I put that on top of the pillows. So that, like, as they sink in, I'm still cradled by Nicolas Cage's sweet man candy face. Okay. Does firmness matter? Not really. So you do two pancake pillows at the bottom, firm pillow on top. Yeah. Interesting setup. It almost seems counterintuitive, but. You You know, know, it does. But the Nicolas Cage uh, pillow case cover only fits on the hard pillow. So also a necessity. I get it. What is a food you couldn't live without? French fries. I thought about this earlier. Uh, They are my 100% favorite food. I have had delicious food that I will love forever. I could not fucking live without French fries. That's fair. Actually, 
you have made me appreciate french fries more i used to not be a french fry person but now i just put curly fries in the air fryer at least once a week dude and the thing with french fries is you can do whatever you need to make them fit that hole that we all have in our hearts yeah um fucking i could you know i was literally thinking about it because when i drove up to meet you today in the Two hours of traffic. What was up with that? By I the know, way, so stupid. Like a twenty-minute drive ended up being like two hours. Uh, I was like, you know what? I can't fucking live without French fries. Yeah. And then I was listening to this band, and I tagged them on Instagram, and then they shared my tag to their story. Senpai noticed me today. They're necrogoblicon. I did see that. Did you get French fries today? I did. I had them for dinner. Nice. Mm-hmm. What is the scariest or most daring thing you've ever done? I don't know if I've ever been dared to do that. Anything that scary. Uh, man, I was such a good kid. Like I never did anything bad. Um, I think one time my grandpa used to own a huge farm for his horses and he had those like big hay bale things that it's just like blades on the bottom of the tractor. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't want to be on this anymore. And I left off and I remember seeing the blades come. And then my cousin grabbed me and pulled me back into the trailer. That was probably the, one of the closest to death. Oh, you should have totally died as a child. Yeah. I almost drowned once. And my mom like yelled at an entire pool of people. And that was fun. And then you almost drowned. You didn't know how to swim. I did. So what happened was I was maybe like five or six. I knew how to swim, um, but I stayed in the shallow end. Not strong. So I pulled on a a tube that had the bottom in it for like babies. Mm -hmm. And I went out into the water at surf and swim and Layton. And one of the waves came and it knocked me over. And what happened was the tube was on so tight that I couldn't get out of it. But I also had like enough buoyant surrounding buoyancy that I couldn't flip myself upright. Oh, you were upside down. So I was just upside down kicking. And I was like trying to like write myself (laughs) back over. And I remember yelling for help, but I could only get up for, sorry, I'm burping. I could only get up for like a millisecond before I would get knocked back down under the waves. And my mom from... I dare say a mile away, like her spidey sense start tingling and her head turns like a fucking 180 degrees and her eyes go black. And she's like, uh-huh. bye, bye, baby. <laughs> Terminator sprints is knocking women and children out of her way, leaps off of the side of surf and swim into the shallows. And if you've been to surf and swim, you'll know that that's impressive because the pool does a ge- very gentle, uh, like, very gentle progression from the shallow end to the deep end, but the edges of the pool are consistent. So the shallow end, if you're jumping in, you're doing like an eight foot drop. If on the deep end, you're jumping in, you're doing like a two foot drop because the water is like filling in. Uh, so my mom leaps over the side of the pool with the height. She cleared, it must've been an easy 10 feet lands like a superhero with like one fist on the ground, looks (laughs) up, runs over, picks me up. And just start swatting at people to get their attention. Simultaneously, reading them for filth, she looks at the lifeguard, points at him, and points in front of her. She, like, 
was like, get over here, like scorpion. And then like had the entire pool over there while she read them for filth, made people cry. And the whole time I'm like, I'll just like out of it. <laughs> I almost died. But <laughs> I didn't say no lifeguards. Yeah. It was one of those memories where I remember seeing the blue of the water and then coming up and then another wave immediately getting me before I could like get any air in. And then my mom coming out of fucking nowhere, scooping me up. And then everybody around was crying. Wow. You should have yeah. almost died a few times. Yeah. Or when I had my uh, traumatic brain injury and I went blind for a while, my teacher didn't believe me. Uh, I was like, I can't see. And she was like, your hair's in your eyes. And she hit my forehead, like pop to like push my bangs out of my eyes. And I was like, it's my eyes, not my hair. And she's like, get out of here. I'm sick of you. So I was just like wandering in the hallway. And I remember what? Like, backpacks hitting my face. And my friend Brittany came out and walked me to the office. I call my mom and I was like, mom, I can't see. And then I went to primary children's because my brain was fucking bleeding. And then uh, I remember my mom calling the school and her being like, put Miss Colson on the phone. And they were like, yeah. she was like, I don't care if it's the middle of the work day. And I think that was like the last year that lady taught. I think my mom also read her for filth. My mom used to destroy people. Very As nice she teeth, should. I was going to say, you should have fucking sued that yeah. teacher. She protected her cub. Oh my God. Oh, you have had the this, worst experiences okay. with like people that was, in authority. Yeah, that was in second grade. In third grade, Kate, I, I should I say his last name? His first name is Kate. Uh, we were on a field trip where we went to uh, Great Harvest Bread Co. Good field trip. And he held my hands behind my back and stepped on my shoelace. And it all happened so fast, but I fell forward on the concrete and I broke my face, like the bone, like I broke like the eyebrow bone and I just shattered it. And it was so broken that my eyebrow was touching my cheek. And my teacher was like, I don't know what to do. Left me at the local library and then called the principal to come get me. So I'm like passed out and my eye is leaking fluid and filling up with my face and I'm fucked up. I'm in third grade. And the principal came and got me, put me in his car. I didn't know what was going on. The principal just came in, scooped me up. No adult stopped. My principal is a man. So no adult checked on me while I am in the library with a broken face, watch a man that I don't know come scoop me up and drove me home. And my parents we're like getting the trailer ready to go camping. And I come in and my face is all fucked up. And they're like, what? (laughs) Yeah. She fell during the field trip and they left her in the library. And my mom's like with, with a broken face. There are so many instances in your life where you could have been a millionaire, where you could have been a millionaire. Yeah. Where you or your family could have sued and just cashed out and never worked a day in your life. Yeah. Dude, you can still feel it. Like my eyebrows still like kind of broken. Like, Honestly. Oh my God. Wow. Is that they're wild so, though? They're so lucky the internet wasn't around when you were in elementary school because yeah. those motherfuckers would be dead, toasted, roasted. It was Miss Davis. Fuck Dude, that I time. know, right? They could have done like a total thing. I remember Cade calling me because he had a single mom and I think she was terrified that my parents were going to sue her. So she called my mom crying And like, I explained it to my mom. I was like, I thought we were just playing like, and she was like, oh, it was an accident. And I'm like, yeah, he like had my hands by my back and stepped on my shoelace. It was the perfect storm. And then, so my parents were like, Hey man, we have insurance. It's all good. And, but she like legitimately thought we were going to take her to court. Yeah. I would have been like, the only way we can settle this bet is if I can do that to your kid. Yeah. But my mom was just like, 
don't worry about it. It's that kid probably grew up to also murder cats and become a serial yeah. killer. No, uh, he added me on Facebook like a couple of years ago. I don't know if he's still on my Facebook friends, but he like apologized for it. And I'm like, dude, I'm not mad anymore. I am. I'm mad. Have mad. apologized to me. I fucker. sincerely think it was an accident. I don't think it was at all. As yeah. someone who used to cause physical harm to people all the time when they were younger, I'm telling you right now, that was not an accident. It was probably, yeah, it was like you, what you would have done to me if we had gone to school together. Probably. You would have broken um, my face. Yeah, and it's not an accident. Um, look at how good I look now. <laughs> look at your jawline would have been fixed if he hadn't have done that to you in third grade. No. Nah. Um, so you already answered this one kind of. What is your favorite comic graphic novel and why? Favorite comic book character, Captain America. Yeah. Favorite but, comic book? Yeah. Lock and key. That's fair. Do you like the new series? It was okay. I thought they honestly did a good job. My other favorite is Elephant Men. Um, I do recommend that everybody at least read Elephant Men. Fair. Fucking good. And the guy who wrote it, um, what is it? It's like Frank something added me on Facebook. And I wrote him this like, I was like, Elephant Men changed my life. And he was like, oh, what do you mean? Tell me about it. And I wrote out this <laughs> super long thing because Elephant Men's like a pretty political book. And he left me on read for two hours and then just wrote, okay. <gasps> wait for yeah. real yeah and then that's i also added peter david of. who that's wrote fucked. yeah it was fucked up and then peter david is the guy who did the aquaman where he gets his like fucking claw hand like his hook mm-hmm. hand and i added him on facebook and he added me back and i commented on one of his statuses and he liked it that's a better than you telling that guy yeah. how that graphic novel changed yeah. your life and then he left you on red um okay we're closing to an end here Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um an adult realization you gained that the amount of calories you ingest affects your weight (laughs) that's a fair one i can't do it anymore you know what that is a good one because no one talks about that dude people are like let's peace and love there are good diets out there and there are plenty of ways to have a healthy diet not all diets are consistent with weight loss. If you want to lose weight, it comes down to the calories. It's true. It's 100% true. Um, okay. Last question. What is your guilty pleasure? Mm, I don't know if I want to tell you. Please tell me. Okay. I like to dip Cheez-Its in ketchup and eat them with pickles and M&M's. Uh, but you microwave the M&Ms so they explode with chocolate in your mouth. What the fuck did you just say? Also, Teen Mom, like reality shows. Oh, I mean, the snack you just described is the physical manifestation of Teen Mom. So that checks yeah, yeah, out. Yeah. But what the okay. fuck are you saying? Okay. Cheez-Its dipped in ketchup with pickles and yeah. microwaved m and Okay, you got to fucking do it the right way. You take a cheese it and you get a little ketchup on it and you put it in your mouth. No. While you're chewing on the cheese it, you get a pickle and you bite the pickle and then you have the saltiness that gets the sour in there. But while all that's happening, you have M&Ms and it can't just be like M&Ms. You have to like regular M&Ms, you have to microwave them barely. So the candy is still hard, but then when you bite it, the chocolate explodes inside. So as you're swallowing the salty tartness of the 
ketchup cheese it smelled oh, like mixed with pickles. Sick. You put an M&M in your mouth and it's a sick. And then Teen Mom. Oh my god, it's disgusting. It's- oh, and and that Pooch Perfect, that professional grooming show that I like to put on my Instagram all the time. I can't get past your snack. I I like salty tart sweet, man. I, I flavor like, it's a flavor profile. The microwaved M&Ms is something, but it's not bad. The pickle and the M&M can kind of make sense to me. It's the cheese it dipped in ketchup that I just am not okay with. It's just like why couldn't it have been the whites who are oppressed? You know what I mean? That's how I feel. <laughs> you say that to me. <laughs> Ketchup is the white man's seasoning. How dare oh you? How God. very dare. How I'm very dare. Fucking pissed. No, remember, we were all sending pictures of our childhood in the group chat. And then I sent a picture of me and it was just like a plate of ketchup. And I was like, if anything, I'm consistent. Consistently Nothing. horrific. When Ugh. I eat. Here's what really grosses Oliver out. If I get like fast food and I get a French fry, I'll open the ketchup packet, squirt the ketchup into my mouth, and then nibble a French fry. You're so it so can take fucked. me 20 something packets to You're get like sick. a standard medium. You're sick. You're fucked. This is why your life is hard and you deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Forget <laughs> everything you said. The ketchup. I love ketchup, man. I would. The amount of ketchup I need. So for like, let's just say I do like a cup of fries. I will need a cup and a half of ketchup. Ugh. Do you like tomatoes? I do like tomatoes, actually. It took me into my adulthood where I would just eat like a tomato as a tomato, like on a sandwich or like in a salad. I love tomatoes. Ugh. I'm a, Ugh, that's fucked, dude. The, t- the cheese that's in ketchup is just too much. You know, someone's going to try it and they're going to be like, oh, the ketchup hits the saltiness of the no, cracker. And no, then it, one's, no one should try it. No I also don't think it. I have a very good scent. Like, I don't have a good palate because I don't have a sense of smell. You know yeah, I mean? no shit. You don't have a good fucking palate. You yeah. just told us to eat cheese <laughs> ketchup with fucking microwave M&Ms and pickles. People eat ass, Noel. That's better than whatever you just I described. I don't think so because it's like you can't take gold and silver and mash it together and call it something bad. The gold is the ketchup, the silver is the cheese it. It's platinum, baby. Disgusting. Huh? Cubic zirconia, more like it. Turning green you know on your fingers. You know what? At least it's harvested ethically. So I don't know about that. Well, Thanks for letting everyone get to know you a little bit better. I think we know too much now. Yeah, how dare you for surprising me with this? I, I was think not prepared at all. Good. That's the point. If you were prepared, it would have been inauthentic. Um, yeah. So thanks. Thanks for that. Thanks for ruining my night with that fucking horrific meal. You're welcome. Um, I'm going to go have pickles and ketchup right now. I don't have. I bought chocolate hummus today. So maybe that will take the place of the chocolate M&M. hummus. God, dude, kill yourself. And I mean that with my chest. Uh, <laughs> I would if my dad wouldn't be so sad. Uh, you know what? I'm excited to try the chocolate hummus. I'm not. I think it's vegan. You might. You should try it. I don't care. I Also, fuck you, because I do keep a good amount of vegan food in my home. Because when you come over, I want to make sure you have like. Just because it's vegan doesn't mean you should eat it all in one meal. Um, yeah, but like the pizza pockets, man, or like the vegan chicken popcorn thing. Yeah, eat those and not your cheese and dipped in ketchup. And I keep vegan butter in my home. 
just for that's you. Just, that's just a good cholesterol choice and you know it. Okay. Today and of all days, and especially, actually, before I say that, follow us on social media. I'm at Noelle Fane on everything. That's Harpy with three R's. You know, okay. I've been thinking about changing my Instagram name to Sith Lard. <laughs> Do you think that would be good? No. <laughs> you don't think Sith Lard would be good? No. And I, I, how is that not taken also? I'm going to try it right now. I don't. I almost changed the go to hell name. Don't do that either. Uh, It's because like the realization when Colby sent a picture or like a thing to you and he's like, I've been tagging the wrong Chelsea this whole time. I told you that your name was hard to find. Um, Oh my God. Sith Lard is not taken. Great. Look at you changed it just now. Oh my God. Okay. Well, that's, it still says Harpy to me. Let me refresh. It's like not allowed. Sith Lard. You're putting it to the wrong. Okay. Well, it's hard. Noel. Sith Lard. Okay. Now it is. Okay. So that's Sith Lard. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully it's not taken on Twitter. Find her on that. Um, We're go to hell podcast on everything. Um, You can support us on Patreon. You can support us by just existing and sharing. Um, And uh hail satan we'll see you at fanix hail captain america also don't listen to this week's patreon it ended rough (laughs) (laughs) the whole thing was rough i have to go back and edit that oh my god yeah this episode all right i forgot that i was driving